Physics World. 50 kilometers northeast of Mexico City lies the sprawling ancient settlement of Teotihuacan, the city of the gods. Built a thousand years before the Aztecs arrived on the scene, this was Mesoamerica's greatest city, reaching its zenith between 100 and 700 AD. Teotihuacan later mysteriously fell away, but today the site is massively popular among tourists as people flock to see the great pyramids that rise up along the city's central streets, La Calle de los Muertos, the Avenue of the Dead. I'm James Dacey, a reporter for Physics World, and in this podcast I'm going to take you off the tourist route and into a long, dark tunnel beneath the site's largest building, the Pyramid of the Sun. I was joined in this adventure by the Physics World editor, Martin Durrani. We were the final visitors to a particle physics experiment located at the end of the tunnel that for the past 15 years has been searching for hidden chambers within the pyramid's sealed inner structure. The adventure began in the back of a car as Martin and I travelled through Mexico City's morning traffic. Sitting between us on the back seat was the project's leader, Arturo Menchaca Rocha, who whipped out his laptop and gave us a presentation about how this most unusual of physics experiments came about. Nobody knows why the, why the Pyramid of the Sun was built. And there are two competing theories about it. One of them is that the, it, it's just a ceremonial monument, okay? And the other one is that it was a, a, a burial place, okay? It's a burial monument. To tell the story, we'll have to first rewind to the late 1960s, to an era when talk of pyramids could easily have led to late-night discussions of their psychedelic beauty and supernatural powers. But one guy determined to take a more rational approach to pyramids was Luis Alvarez, who won the 1968 Nobel Prize for Physics for developing the hydrogen bubble chamber. He's also the scientist who came up with the idea that the dinosaurs were wiped out by a giant asteroid crashing into the Earth. But that's a story for another day. In one of Alvarez's many projects, he became fascinated by the Pyramid of Kefren, one of the ancient Egyptian pyramids of Giza. For years, archaeologists had been puzzled by the fact that this pyramid had only one known burial chamber, whereas the pyramids constructed by Kefren's father and by his grandfather had two chambers. Many people thought that perhaps there was a second hidden chamber somewhere within the Pyramid of Kefren. With archaeologists speculating on the issue, Alvarez decided it was time for a physicist to step into the fray. Here's what Arturo had to say about Alvarez, who it's fair to say was something of a big shot at Berkeley. Did you know him? Uh, yeah, I met him yes, at Berkeley. Okay. Well, personally, he was, a, a, he was a, 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 yeah, a tall guy, okay? Someone, let's say, uh, he was, a, well, he was a Nobel Prize in Berkeley. Yeah. So he, he floated, no? And, and I was a student. So somehow when I talked to him, he was like talking to God. Alvarez had the audacious idea of using a relatively new technique to look inside the pyramid using muons. These are the charged elementary particles that rain down on the Earth's surface when they are produced by cosmic rays interacting with the atmosphere. Being roughly 200 times heavier than electrons, Muons are able to penetrate dense materials such as rock, but in doing so they lose their energy and their paths can be deflected. The Alvarez test, as it became known, involved placing a detector within the known burial chamber of Kefren and measuring the muons passing through the pyramid from a range of angles. The idea was to look for changes in the flux of muons and to work backwards to build an image of the rest of the pyramid's interior. 
Sadly, a second chamber never did show up in Kefren. But Alvarez and his team did offer convincing evidence that the rest of the pyramid was solid after all. This answered the archaeologist's question whether there was a second chamber. And it was also the first time that the technique of muon imaging had been applied to an archaeological structure. So that brings me on to our main story, how the Alvarez test has been applied to the Pyramid of the Sun at Teotihuacan. Archaeologists say the city was established in 100 BC, before growing to becoming one of the largest settlements of ancient times, with an estimated 125,000 people. The Teotihuacanos were contemporaries of the Mayans, but while it's clear they were aware of the Mayans, very little else is known about this mysterious civilization. One of the big mysteries is who were the leaders and where were they buried? As the ancient Egyptians enshrined their pharaohs in pyramids, perhaps the Teotihuacano leaders are hidden within the Pyramid of the Sun. To find out, archaeologists turned to Arturo and his physics colleagues. And so chances were, for archaeologists at least, that the Pyramid of the Sun could have had inside some sort of a uh, hidden chamber, okay? just like the pyramid of, the, of Kefren. Uh, now, so you have, in both cases, you have a pyramid whose volume you, don't, you would like to know. Both pyramids have a tunnel ending near the axis of symmetry, okay? Yeah. So this is too much of a coincidence not to use it, okay? Mm -hmm. that's, that's it, and the archaeologists were interested in having that. So that answers one of your questions as to how we got to get a permit is because archaeologists really wanted to, wanted us to do this permit. Okay. The tunnel Arturo was talking about is a 102 meter passage extending underneath the pyramid, ending with a clover-shaped cavity almost directly beneath the pyramid's peak. Thought to be 2,000 years old, this tunnel is significantly older than the pyramid itself and could have been used previously as some sort of religious site before being excavated during the construction of the pyramid as a place for storing tools. It is in this cavity at the end of the tunnel that Arturo placed his muon detector in the year 2000, and it's been running on and off ever since. But the, this tunnel is said to have been a representation of, uh, of the Chicomostoc, which is the place where the gods are born. Are, are born okay? So people who go there uh, sort of like become gods. Oh, okay. So if you, you, you join us, you're going to become gods. <laughs> <laughs> yes. well, and we have our there. own physicist okay. theory about how this uh, this happens. Is that when you are in the middle of this tunnel, and if you are there for a long time, you you can uh, uh, exhaust the oxygen. Okay. Yeah. So you get lightheaded. Uh, so what happens is that it's, it's a natural hallucinator, okay? So these guys who who knew and they uh, they cherished uh, hallucinations things, okay? Yeah. This was for free, and you just walk into the place and you felt like that. And uh, so I'm going to hallucinate. You are going to hallucinate. But we will not stay long enough. I hope. You're not. You're not going to stay. The other voice you heard there was that of Catherine Cezarski, a well-known French astronomer. She was in Mexico City for a conference and was keen to see the pyramid project for herself, so joined our adventure. 
After an hour or so in the car, we arrived at a dirt track on the edge of Teotihuacan and saw the 75-metre-tall Pyramid of the Sun and the slightly smaller Pyramid of the Moon standing proud in front of us. A few minutes later, and we arrived at the pyramid. From a distance, it's a shimmering straw colour, but up close, you see the structure is paved in a mosaic of stones with greys, reds and browns. There was no grandiose sign for the experiment, just a rusty metal trapdoor in the base. It was time for us to put on our hard hats and LED head torches, which were far from the brightest lights you'll find. We say goodbye to Arturo's colleagues above ground and descended a ladder into the dark tunnel below. Adios. Espero que te vaya otra vez. Quién sabe. So we're climbing down a narrow metal staircase. I'm not sure this flash lamp is up to it, James. It looks pretty dark in there, doesn't it? How deep are we going? Did you say? How deep are we going, Arturo? It's only uh, eight meters. Eight meters. It's eight meters. <laughs> now you're going to have to get used to, you know, a little bit to the, to the lack of that. So, I'm going to be standing... Have you had a torch, by the way? Yeah, yeah, we're okay. So, do you want to just shine it over here? Oh. It was warm and damp down there, and I felt like a cross between Indiana Jones and Gollum as we crept towards the precious experiment at the end of the tunnel. What's the typical temperature in here, Arturo? 21, I believe, but our, with our electronics, the thing goes to about 29. And do you, do you always wear a shirt, Arturo? Uh, here, yes. Yeah. I think I should have been nude. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're dressed quite smartly, scrambling through a cave. He's got, he's got to maintain his... Professional dignity. Well, I don't know. This, I inherited that from you, you know. <laughs> my 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 British education. <laughs> I would see my my professors wearing ties in the weirdest situations. Are there any uh, creepy crawlies in here? Where is the creepy? Spiders. <laughs> no, no, they they don't survive. Don't there mention no it. <laughs> no, no, there is there, there is no 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 life. Uh, inside. Apart from us. <coughs> That's what it's said, an alien. Okay, so, so, so this is, I mean, this is 2,000 years old, okay? This yeah. is a wall, 2,000 years old, and you can see a little bit how they did it. I mean, some of them you're going to see fingers. Uh, in some of them, you're, you're, these, these people use some sort of plants or something to, to smooth it out. I think I'm hallucinating. <laughs> when does that bit start yeah, with the hallucination? How long does it take to no, hallucinate? No, you, you're not going to breathe the whole tunnel for quite a while. In what must have been one of the world's slowest 100 metre dashes, we arrived at the opening after around 10 minutes and entered the experimental cabin. Here we are, the bunker. And the first thing it says is don't open. <laughs> <laughs> don't drop the key. The detector was housed inside a metal shelter about three metres wide and a couple of metres high, which looked a lot like a shed you might find in someone's garden. The detector itself looked a bit like a pizza oven, with several shelves coated in tinfoil with wires trailing out of the sides. But it's pretty compressed in here. How did you build all the equipment? It's quite a 
No, it was all it was all brought in, in. piece by piece mm -hmm. uh, because it had to come from the through that okay. small. Oh. Wow! Uh, how, how long did that take to bring all this in? To bring it? Yeah. Well, it took years to build this thing because uh, this is this is the largest uh, 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 detector for this type of physics built in Mexico. Okay. This is a pretty standard technique everywhere else, and then this is, is just like a toy at CERN. Mm -hmm. But nobody had ever built a, a, a one meter square uh, multi-wire chamber in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Nobody had ever built scintillators this big in Mexico. We, we just built everything. People spent several hours at a time here, what, on oh, sitting yeah. on chairs? We or? Did, uh, no, it was more, more comfortable than you imagine. We had chairs. Did you still have lunch here? And we had lunch here. Yeah. We had... We, I mean, the first muon was detected, uh, I guess the first muon ever under this pyramid, of course, mm -hmm. was detected in the year 2002. Oh. The first international communication from here to Armenia was, was done from here because we had a, we, we, we had uh, my colleague, Varlen Grafsky, who is Armenian, went on sabbatical and we needed some advice from him. So we would communicate uh, via internet to Armenia from here and we, we thought everything that we did was so hallucinating <laughs> that you would have communications from such a sacred place but this is how it was. Of course the thing we all wanted to know was had Arturo discovered hidden chambers? Like impatient kids we'd put this question to him in the car on our way to the pyramid. It quickly became clear though that he's keeping his cards close to his chest about the final results. Apparently there's a report due out once all the data have been analysed. Arturo did reveal, though, that they've noticed what he described as large density shapes that could be cavities. We've got a distinct impression, though, that when the results do come out, they won't be conclusive. One of the big problems he talked about was the so-called solid angle effect, which limited their statistics. In simple terms, it means they were able to detect far more muons from above the pyramid from the sides, and that made it very difficult to build an accurate 3D image. In fact, Arturo said it could have taken 20 years or more to do so, which they lacked the funding and the patience for. So how does Arturo feel about the fact that his pyramid project is now drawing to a close? How are you feeling, Arturo? Are you sad or dis disappointed well, that this is closing? It was surprising to tell you that I am relieved that we're finishing this. <laughs> I mean, how many times have you walked down this tunnel? Oh, many, and we would do that uh, every week. Well, when we stole it, it would take us, I don't know, weeks in a row to come. So you've perhaps been here 300 times, 400 yes. times? We're, try not to step on this thing, because oh. it's where we carry our life. Okay. So, Arturo, are you going to leave all this stuff here? Or are you no, gonna, no, 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 it's been taken away. Yeah. So that was it. Of course, it would have been nice to have a Hollywood ending, with Arturo opening a secret trapdoor to reveal a chamber full of gold. But the reality is, that's not quite how things have panned out in this project. But for me, if Arturo's team has found tantalising hints of chambers without proof, this only adds to the mystique of this stunning ancient pyramid. He also made the point that even if there are big, inaccessible spaces within the pyramid, we can't second-guess the reason they're there. He even joked that as far as we know, they could have been used by the Teotihuacanos as giant nightclubs. The latest news is that Arturo is now teaming up with geoscientists to apply a variation of this muon technique to look inside Mexico's most famous volcano, 
Popper Catapetl. This fiery mountain has woken up in recent years and poses a big threat to the vast built-up areas of Mexico City and Puebla. Mexican authorities are keen to have an imaging system at the volcano capable of predicting when it's likely to erupt and how dramatic those events might be. You can read about this new project in an article I've written for a Physics World special report on Mexico to be published in September. Find out how to access that issue by visiting physicsworld.com or downloading the Physics World app. So that's all for the August podcast. We'll be back again next month. For now though, adios. Physics World.